Welcome to another episode of Design and Style, a podcast for designers, by designers, with co-host Dixie Willard of Dixie Willard Design and Rachel Moriarty of Rachel Moriarty Interiors. The Design and Style podcast is brought to you by the Design and Style Visibility Lab. The Visibility Lab is the only membership group that focuses on the latest strategies and tools to help you get more visible while showcasing your specific brilliance. We've got weekly online office hours with both of us, monthly topics, in-depth worksheets, and exclusive monthly trainings. So, I'm excited. I am too. I, I can't, when he reached out to us. He being Stephen G, Interiors by Stephen G. Um, I was so, well, first of all, I was so honored that he found us. Yes. And then sent us an email and, you know, pitched us to be on our podcast. So it was was a delightful email. It was. (laughs) And then I started, you know, researching him and then I started going like, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, he's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real big deal. So. I am excited. I'm a little, you know, um, actually I'm a little nervous on this one. So mm-hmm. I hope everything goes well. <laughs> Miami interior designer, Stephen Gurowitz started his own design firm, Interiors by Stephen G in the early 1980s. Since then, he has turned the company into one of the country's largest high-end interior design companies. Stephen works with a team of more than 80 highly acclaimed interior designers who use their expertise to turn their clients' dream homes into reality. The firm's clientele are some of America's elite, including CEOs, multimillionaires, professional athletes, and many more. Interiors by Stephen G. changes the meaning of full-service interior design. So Stephen, if we had met you at an industry event and we're having a drink, what would, what would you have in front of you? I would have probably had a kettle one on the rocks with a double olive. Ooh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'd have to join you. That's not my normal drink, but I would have to join you on it that It would one. totally be worth it. Dixie's a whiskey girl herself. Mm-hmm. Ooh. We are so excited to have you on. You know, we were just reading over and researching your just your whole body of work and your projects and your YouTube channel and, and your staff and your 80 professionals and all that you have working for you. That is, that's a big, you have a big firm. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It um, has come with lots of hard work and um, tremendous dedication and tremendous love for what I do. Yeah. So you, 35 years you've been in the industry? Or no, 42 years. Wow. Um, 35 years as Interiors by Stephen G. Oh, okay. You know what I have to tell you about that I love about your bio is um, we always talk about, you know, we, we're, we're designers too. We're, you know, this is a podcast for designers by designers. We always talk about, you know, yes, we're all passionate about design. Yes, we have great customer service. I mean, that's sort of the entry point to having a design firm, right? But our differentiators is kind of what makes the difference. And I love that you have in your bio that your grandson is the apple of your eye. (laughs) First time grandfather. um, And yes, I'm having a great time. Um, I wish I had more time to spend, but unfortunately, um, Stephen G and the team comes first, unfortunately. But 
it's my passion. Yeah. As you say, to be successful in the world of design, it has to be in your heart because if it's not in your heart, um, find a different career. Yes. Yes. You, you really do have to embody it really because for me, it, it comes out in kind of every aspect of my life. You know, it's always, it's always present. It's, it's more than a passion. It becomes your life. Um, you're driven, um, you're working hard. And when you smell and sense and feel the success, the drive becomes even deeper and harder. You know, I have, I started this business from the den of my home um, and had a vision, had a direction and sort of wrote down on a pad and paper all of the do's and don'ts of how I see my world as a designer and building a business. And I have followed it and continue to follow it to this day. So for me, um, I've been blessed, um, fortunate, um, but I'm still in this because I love what I do. So one of the things, having been in business as long as you have, times have changed, technology has changed. How have you been challenged as far as keeping up to date with the latest technologies? I don't know if challenged is the right word because when you talk about technology, it really is the world of the internet of sorts. And I am not a technical person and I have enough trouble with emails and text messages on a phone, but I don't know. And and this is something that I've said to my staff for a zillion years. I don't know how many people are really going to hire a talent off of social media. I really don't know. Yes, it gives you exposure, but I think there's nothing better than the actual work that you do and being able to show a client that firsthand. So yes, we're involved in all the social media there is. Um, Yes, we have our website and yes, we update and yes, we have a company that manages for us some of the stuff. And, you know, they talk you into the next step and the next step. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm still waiting for somebody to make an appointment and walk in our showroom and that says to me, you know, I saw your podcast or I saw your, uh, your story on the website. Mm-hmm. I've never had that. But the interesting thing about the world today is that we have clients from all over the world. Here is South Florida is a melting pot. So we speak and write seven languages. So what I find to be more important for us is being able to communicate, read, write their language and speak their language so that if we were on a Skype call, we could communicate if they're not here because we're federal expressing presentations all over the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if, you know, the technical aspect has been that challenging for us. Um, people that are of substance that are looking to spend a lot of money, they investigate. They yeah. want to see. Mm-hmm. 
They want to touch. They want to feel. They want to meet face to face. Um, even though we have been hired by people over telephones. Um, I always thought that was a bit strange, but I said, you know, don't kiss a gift tossed in the mouth. <laughs> but at the, at the end of the day, everybody wants to eyeball to eyeball and really understand and make sure they're on the same page with, your, with you, with the designer, make sure that they have a, a connection of sorts and that the designer is reading the client's wish list and desires, which I think is so critical. I love that you mentioned the face-to-face -face bit yes. because we don't just talk about, you know, you have to have a website, kind of like you were saying, you have to have the website and the Facebook, just have a presence there. We also talk about actually going out into your community, talking to human beings, meeting them, and making relation, building relationships that way. Yeah, we think Relation it's the gold standard, really. Relationships in the world of design, I think, are as important as any business in the world, whether it's your lawyer, whether it's your doctor, you know, that you can pick up a phone and you could reach that person um, and you could talk to that person, sometimes as more than just client designer, because as we all know, as your relationship builds with your client, there becomes a comfort level. There becomes a friendship. And then all of a sudden, somewhere in the scope of your installation, they're asking, do you think I made the right decision with where I purchased? You know, so uh -huh. there, there's so many things that come into the world and the life of a designer when dealing with a client. So would you say that most of your business is referral? I mean, you have, you said you, you have staff that speak seven languages all over the world. How are they finding, how are they finding you? Well, we have for 35 years done tremendous work for very large luxury developers, whether it be private home or condominiums. And when you do a model residence for a developer, your exposure is unbelievable. So for us as you know, years go on, we have become a brand in the marketplace where people say, oh, I've heard of them, you know, and so the exposure of that element is better than any exposure that any magazine can give you, that any referral could give you. But getting back to your question, 80% of our annual volume of business is referral or repeat clients. Mm-hmm. That 80-20 rule seems to pop up in a lot of circumstances. Listen, we had clients, potential clients this morning, bought a resale um, in St. Regis in Val Harbor, Florida. And I said to them, you know, how did you find us? She said, well, we searched for a condominium for two years and everywhere we went, we saw models by Stephen G. So she said, how can we not come and see you? Absolutely. Um, you know, you talk about exposure. Exposure is amazing. That's incredible. Stephen, you, you know, you're the first person that we've had on here that's really, really focused, such a large firm that is so focused on that long-standing relationship building. Um, we love that. We love that because we, we do... Like Dixie said, you have to have that online. It's 
2018. You have to have it, right? It would be weird if somebody went to Google you and you weren't nowhere on the internet. Oh, yeah, they would be worried. <laughs> yeah, it would yeah. be like, yeah. what? Is, yeah, How yeah. I can't find you anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it sounds like also it's the scale of projects that you do that wouldn't, people wouldn't be, you know, hiring off of a Facebook post or something like that. For me, I do residential homes and I do get hired a lot off of my Facebook when I post before and afters and progress photos or me styling, you know, finishing touches and stuff like that. I, I actually do get quite a bit of work from, from that, but I think it's because of the, the, niche that you're in and the scale and it probably is a longer ramping up period because of the budgets and um you know you're going into really long relationships with some of these developers i would imagine. oh there's it's not only developers um we have clients that we've worked for here that have taken us to toronto to do work to montreal all over new york the wow. hamptons the jersey shore um, we're doing an amazing <clears throat> project being built in Washington, D.C. Wow. Uh, by the Learner Company. So we have not only built a local presence, but because we are so different, um, we have our own fleet of trucks and our own warehouse. We, we, don't, we don't give anything to the outside world. I believe that true success is control. Um, and not to have to call a warehouse and say, listen, I got a delivery that has to be made at 11 o'clock tonight. And they say, good luck. Our people all went home. Yeah. So when we started Stephen G on a small scale, I bought one truck. So now we have seven and we have a, a 53 foot tractor trailer that we load and we drive it all over the country, whether for us or for hurricane relief, which we have done all wow. over the country. Wow. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, I, I just made me think of something because when we have smaller firms like mine or solo, small, uh, a lot of times freight can make or break our little businesses. You know what I mean? Even like not having that control of what happens from, you know, when you receive it in the, in the warehouse to, you know, getting the freight company to deliver it and white glove deliver it. There's a lot that can go wrong. So, Oh boy. Yeah, I'm sure you, <laughs> that informed your decision. <laughs> well, you know, again, when you deal with people that are demanding is a good word. Yeah. They feel that they're spending a lot of money. They demand your time. But more, more than that, they demand the service and right. rightfully so. Yeah. Um, and um, I have an expression I have the biggest set of lips in town. I just, I don't care. I, I believe that they're entitled. And I believe if that's what it takes to keep people happy, it's, you know, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We'll be there this afternoon at three o'clock. And, and I find that, yes, it makes um, the job a little bit easier. But then again, it adds tremendous costs. Yes. Just the incoming freight today nationally is like 12% of the cost of your goods. So you take that and then you take your warehouse cost and your labor cost and the gas and the running the trucks and delivery. So, yes, a lot of holes could, could fall into play. Mm -hmm. um, but 
we're doing it so long and we continue to grow. When I moved into the new facility, which was 10 years ago, we're 100,000 square feet under air. And, and I thought I would never, ever have to um, think about more space. And last week, we're looking at additional warehouse space just for the overflow of product. Well, remember, we don't do just residential, although right. residential is our thrust. Right. We do law firms. We do hotels. We do luxury condominium redos for condominium associations where the building is 10, 12, 15 years old, and they want to revamp because they're old and tired. So we touch on so many aspects of the business. You have to have the staff that can handle it without people saying they're too busy and we didn't get the service. Yeah. So plenty of sleepless nights. Oh, I can imagine. So are you in your offices right now? I, we, I'm sitting in one of our four conference rooms. Yeah, I'm watching. Um, I'm like blown away watching a man behind you with a tray of drinks, you know, walking through your... <laughs> I'm like, oh my we goodness. Have, we have a full-time valet, Luis. Wow. Uh, because, again, we cater. We, we believe in service. So it's coffee, it's cappuccino, it's espresso, it's fresh fruit. You know, I can't get a root beer float, which is what I would probably <laughs> like. Um, but other than that, it's here. Um, we have our own car service that we run where we bought a, uh, an executive van. Yeah. Um, we have a full-time driver because, um, again, a lot of our people come to Florida, don't speak a word of English. They could be from Brazil or from Russia or from South America. And, you know, so we make it easy. Um, and it's a comfort level. Yeah. You know, you could be the most talented designer in the world, as you both know. Yeah. If the people don't relate to you, you know, it's like going to see a doctor yeah. that has no bedside manner and you yeah. leave the office and you say to yourself, I'm not letting him touch me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so you have to be able to be warm and relate. Um, yeah. But, you know, humility is also a very important word. Yeah. For us. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you're, what you're describing reminds me, I come out of private banking before I did, I started um, in design and then I, I did a stint in private banking. And just what you're describing is exactly what the levels that we would do. We would courier, we would pick up. I remember if somebody came in and they wanted a Diet Coke, we didn't have any and I had it in my lunch bag. That's what they got, you know? So it's, that kind of, um, that's where I learned my service levels. And I'd love to see, I mean, obviously I do it on a smaller scale. Um, but that is really, I'm so glad you brought that up because we hear a lot of people sometimes complaining that our clients want this and their clients want that. And they're asking for this and they're asking for that. Um, you know, I've had one client that, you know, was in the hospital with their husband. It was a hall of fame, uh, ball player and I took her a sandwich and um, Gatorade because she'd been there all day and was hungry you know I mean like that that's the kind of service that we are in people's homes so I, I always say money and, and homes are the most intimate spaces you can share with somebody no question. And yeah so I love I love hearing that because that just you just took me back uh, in time to my private banking experience God am I glad you left private banking <laughs> You, you and me both. You and me both. 
<laughs> okay, I had one thing that I wrote down when you talked about it and you skimmed over it and it gave me the goosebumps when you said it. Um, you said that you started your business in your den and then you had a vision. Did you receive a vision or did you create the vision? I think a little of both. You know, when you, I, I was in the industry almost 10 years and decided to leave the firm that I was a minority partner in mm -hmm. because I basically heard Frank Sinatra sing my way. And believe me when I tell you, I said there was a better mousetrap and I want to do it my way. And I felt if I hadn't made the move then, I would probably have gone down with the ship because I sensed the firm was not going in the right direction. And I was younger, um, and I said to myself, now's the time. So I, I, I broke away, and I said, here's the do's and don'ts. You know, one of the things I always ask a new client, because I think it's so pertinent, what happened to your last designer? Because if they were happy, they wouldn't be sitting here. And for years, I heard all of the issues that all of these people that were now sitting in front of me. So it became sort of my mantra, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. Yeah. And when my staff joins and we built and we created and we kept building, that same list is what gets handed out to every new employee because it got us here. Because talent, unfortunately, is only a small yes. part of the design world. Yes. And, and when I heard people saying, you know, Steve, my last designer was talented. They were eight months late with delivering my project. I used to wait two and three days for a phone call. Their accounting system was a nightmare. They're, they're, they buried us in paperwork. And it, it, so you started to hear all of the negatives. And it's so, it was so easy to build the list of positives because you knew what not to do. My business card for 35 years has my cell number on it. My cellular phone is never off 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And as we tell people, be careful what time you leave a message or text or email if you're not wanting a reply fast. Because if somebody calls me at three in the morning and that phone beeps, I get up and I return the call. It's just me. I'm a little um, half-baked, but it's the only way that I knew because it's what got me here. And, you know, as they say, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Well, I just celebrated my hmm, 65th birthday the other day, and I still feel like I'm 35, give or take and still wake up every morning ready to do battle. Yeah. It, it's just, it's a, it's, I'm so passionate about what I do. Oh my gosh, did you just get the goosebumps when he said do battle? I love that. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and when I, at the end of the day, I say to my staff, it was great sharing the field of battle with you today. Yes. And because that's what it is. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent, you are, in a battle every day of the week. If it's not with a vendor who's disappointed you, it's with a tradesman who's done a
job. Excuse yeah. me, am I allowed to say that? We can um, edit. <laughs> so at the end of the day, you're putting out fires a big portion of the day. Mm-hmm. You're communicating a big portion of the day. So by the end of that day, and some of us, you know, work 14, 16 hours a day, and that's who I am. At the end of that, I can't lift the glass of vodka. All right. I want to do is go home, yeah. take a yeah. shower, yeah. and crawl in. Yeah. Yeah. It's an army crawl. You've like slugged through the day, right? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So what would you tell our listeners that have this? I mean, like I said, we are solos and small firms. Okay. So I, I think the first thing that I would tell any solo or any new budding designer who's just come out of school where I think they, they don't really teach you everything that you need to know to go out into the world. And last season, we had a design college here. We had about 30 graduating students here for a luncheon and a question and answer period. Um, and the, there were two or three students that basically said to me, how much money do you make? And I, and, wait, and I said to them, is that why you're becoming an interior designer? And they said, well, we want to make a lot of money. I said, how's your passion for design? Is it in your heart? Well, if we make a lot of money, I said, I think you need to find a new career yeah. now. Yeah. You've just blown God knows how much money on a career of design when you're not in it for the design. You're in it for dollars. You're better off, I said, going to the casino, giving it a whirl. Yeah. But, you know, you have to set goals for yourself and you have to be organized. But if you're not passionate and it's just a job where you get dressed up every day and you go out for cocktails at three o'clock, again, stay home. Watch soap operas and eat bonbons because yeah. you're never going to get to a level of success the way you're you're moving so um listen i love to teach because again um i come from nothing um and um i have never forgotten where i came from and how i got to where i am and it's never changed me you know yes it's exciting when people come up to you and say are you the real stephen g and, you know, I look around and I say, as far as I know, I am. But, but the best advice I could give to any design firm or any designer that's solo and, and, and if you love it, stay with it, be honorable, keep your word, um, and continue to take your talent to another place. Do not become stagnant in your design. Don't think that your one look is going to take you through a successful career. You must continue to think differently. Don't be afraid to think out of the box. And don't be afraid to try something new. You know, that expression, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You can tell that to the birds flying overhead because nobody (laughs) wants to listen. Yeah. So that's the best advice I could sort of give. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I love that. What do you think? I know. I'm so fired up right now. Thank you. Thank you. Come and visit. We want to come visit. Come and visit. We will put you up and we will 
come and spend a day or two here, you've seen nothing like it anywhere in the United States. I promise you that. We would have to do, we'll come in and do a, like a live a live stream through there. Yes. We're that ready. would be amazing. You'll be blown away, I promise. Yes. So I look around and I say, thank God I did it when I did it. Right? Because I don't know if my has the energy anymore. <laughs> but I have an amazing, amazing staff that surrounds me and backs me up and works hard and they get it and they're talented and they're smart and they're just amazing people here. We're like a family. We are not, I am not a boss. I am a leader of a team and we are a family. I like that. That sat, that just sat with me. A leader of a team. I like that. You know, I think so, for some of us with the smaller ones, it's, it, it's hard to lean into that term leader, you know, where a lot of the times because no. we're the worker, you know, and so the difference is we live in strange times. Yeah. But one thing I know is that if you want it bad enough, this is the greatest country in the world. Absolutely. I think that is, it's where do we go from there? Dixie? I don't know. I think that's the perfect place to stop. Come down and go swimming. Yes. Right here. <laughs> Stephen, thank you so much for reaching out to us. It has been such a pleasure and an honor getting, getting, you, you know, both. to get to know you. So it was thank my you. pleasure. Seriously. Our community is going to get so much out of this interview. So we and, appreciate and that. If anybody needs advice, they could email me. They could call the office. I will respond. That I promise. That's so generous of you. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a blessed day, everybody. You too. Oh, my gosh. Still nervous? Oh, my gosh. Not anymore. <laughs> I am just so impressed. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. The, the way that he talked about his dream... Okay, so that I know I brought it up in the podcast, but when that is one of the things we always talking about talk about is vision. And mm -hmm. when he said I had a vision and direction, that is everything that we talk about. He had a clarity, yeah. like it you know, he gave me the goosebumps, you know, up one side and down the other. So I loved that. That was one of my takeaways is vision. If you, and he said, I asked him if he received the vision or mm -hmm. make, created the vision. And he said it was both. Right. Yeah. And heard it from the a Sinatra song, you know, my way. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. You will hear these little whispers, right? At the mm -hmm. right time. I'm sure he had heard that song a thousand times in his life, but that one time he heard it. It's sunk it in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you really hear something, what, what were your takeaways? For me, I loved hearing him say the same things that we say all the time. So it, and I'll get to that in just a second, but it doesn't matter whether you're a teeny tiny little solo firm or a great big firm like his, you have to have systems, all of your systems in place, make sure everybody knows what your standards are, your practices throughout the entire firm. 
It's about client experience. Mm -hmm. He makes sure his clients have the best experience and who wouldn't want to go back or to find out about somebody like him. Such a luxury experience, you know, I think for uh, our community, I know a lot of designers aspire to that. Mm -hmm. Um, That is what true luxury firm is. That is what a true luxury firm is. I mean, he has the valet, he has Mm -hmm. the car, he has the fresh fruit and the drinks and the, you know, this and the, that, and the uh, showroom space. I mean, that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the one other thing that I got from it, and again, it's something we say all the time, is build relationships. Yes. He's visible on all of the places he needs yeah. to be. He yeah. doesn't like it. I mean, yeah. he doesn't want to go out and do it, but he knows yeah. that it, it's a fact of having a business. Yeah. And then building relationships in person with not just your current clients, mm-hmm. but people who might know your clients. Yeah. That for him, it was the condo associations. It was the developers. It's not just the end user that he's worried about. No, I mean, he's 42 years down the road. So all those relationships that he built, he -hmm. built a brand, he built a reputation, um, all by, you know, creating that for himself over layers and layers of years. And he kept saying hard work. Mm-hmm. You have to put in the work, you yeah. know, so for that designer standing right at the, you know, beginning of the path, this is a great podcast to listen to. Mm-hmm. He was so full of, and it humble, humble. Yes. I mean, I was so comfortable talking to him. And for, for us to have gone in feeling a little nervous. Mm-hmm. No, super sweet guy. Stephen G, thank you. And we will be taking you up on your offer. Yes. come down to Florida and hang out. At Absolutely. <laughs> Bye, guys. This podcast was made possible in part through the support of our preferred partners, like the Design Network. The Design Network offers one of the most powerful to-the-trade e-commerce programs in the furniture industry, combining the top brands in furniture, the best prices, and unparalleled logistics all in one place. Go to www.thedesignnetwork.com to join the Design Network's Trade Direct program, create your designer profile, connect with new clients, and start shopping today.